0: And I just looked at him and I said, there you go, that's exactly what I'm talking about right there. Mm. You know, the first thing that comes to your mind to let me know is that you make mistakes. I know you make mistakes. The, the, The thing isn't that it isn't about your mistakes or lack of mistakes, it's how you deal with your mistakes, how you make the person in front of you understand if you have wronged them, that you understand that wrong and you learn and build from it.
1: Hi guys and welcome to Time To Talk. I'm your host Alex Holmes and it's a pleasure to have you here with me. If it's your first time, welcome. If it's your second, third, fourth or gazillionth time, welcome forward. It's a pleasure to have you here for Time To Talk. On Time to Talk, each week I speak to experts in their field about how we can be more compassionate and um, how we can be more wholehearted and more open with ourselves and others, and what this means for mental health and the way we live today. So, today is a very exciting one. Today I'm speaking with Eamon Hariri. Eamon is the CEO and co founder of Vero. Yes that social platform I've been speaking about since this podcast conception and its beginnings and Vero has been a huge support all the way through this podcast's life as fan and hopefully for many more. And I value Eamon as a real mentor and this was an amazing conversation to have with him. He's so considered, he's so thoughtful, he is earnest and we have a very gentle conversation speaking about compassionate leadership, confronting your mistakes, superheroes, funnily enough, and what a good social media platform and company does and doesn't do. We talk about fatherhood, not my own fatherhood, but we talk about our relationship to our fathers and our upbringings. And it was just a great lovely wholehearted conversation it was such an audio hug I had a pleasure pleasure listening back to this convo but guys as ever make sure you go and check out Vero my Vero is Vero.co forward slash Alex where you'll get all my book reviews and content and conversations that we have on there and all the links are in the description for where you can find everybody in this conversation i.e., myself and Eamon. And so, have a happy Friday. And I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation. And Eamon Hariri, it's time to talk. Eamon, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's such a huge honor to have you on. Time to talk. How are you doing? How's everything going with you?
0: Doing well. Thank you for having me.
1: It's It's uh... not a problem at all. It's a mighty pleasure. To, to finally have a chance to chat to you, um, let's start with how are you doing right now?
0: I'm uh, I'm in I'm in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia. This is okay. uh, this is where I, I live and my kids go to school and uh, where I have family and I've been I've been living here for for a number of years. I mean, doing I'm doing well uh, given the given the circumstances. Uh, we we always. You know, I should say alhamdulillah, thank God mm-hmm. for what we have. And um, you know, these are these are difficult times, I think, for everybody. Um, with family around the world, with friends around the world, um, the uncertainty of it all. Um, mm-hmm. Really happy to see some news around a, a vaccine, so a, a light at the end of the tunnel. But remembering that we're still in the tunnel, and and uh, it's going to take a while to get out of it. But um, you know, I think I think that everybody, in their way, is going through a a roller coaster of emotions and circumstances. That um, you know, a year ago we had no no idea we'd be in, and um, and it's you know, it's about. I think you know, certainly this last period has has been about for me anyway, uh, being thankful for the things that that we have. Um and trying to be there as much as possible for the people around us in in whichever mm. capacity, whether emotional, whether um you know in in, in any way to be supportive with, uh, with our loved ones around the world, you know and and reconnecting with friends that we haven't seen or or heard from in a while, you know to to closest to family, so
1: yeah, and I verbally said the other day in my phrase, in my phase of um, melodrama was, um, I don't know what the benefit of being human is right now. Tell me the benefit. (laughs) um, I walked past a worm on the floor and I said, your life is so simple (laughs) in comparison to all of the people that are, um, that are going through everything they're going through here. So um, yes, as you said, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and I'm hoping that we see we see some change. There's so much change happening, and it's happening so quickly across the world, right? And this sure. year, I wanted to ask about a, a if you had a quote that you wanted to that you brought to the table um, at all, just around just things that have kind of helped you kind of get through, or things that have kind of carried you to this stage, to this part of your
0: yeah. Uh, before before I get into that, I I, I do want to comment on your uh, on sort of what you were what you were saying that there oh, about okay. the worm and about people and <laughs> I, I would say, I mean just advice you know sort of this is how I I kind of mm. I, I you know everybody has their own perspective the perspective that I I think about a lot and when the thing that comes to mind when I heard you say that is. I would focus on the enormous potential that humans have. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yes, there's simplicity. You know, with simplicity comes that, you know, sort of maybe lack of problems. One thinks, one imagines. Yeah, Uh, Everybody's got their own problems, no matter what, where they are in the food chain. But I think that the... The thing that keeps me going all the time the thing that i focus on is the enormous potential that is built into humanity and hum- and, and people and this period as much as it's a difficult period for for everybody it's a difficult period for everybody on the planet is isn't a difficult period for a certain country or a certain area due to a war that may be going on or certain circumstances, economic or or otherwise. This is something that has touched all of humanity. And I think, you know, as much as it's a, um, it's going to be remembered as a quite a dark time. It also has the potential to be a such a reset and such a um, a new starting point for a lot of us coming out of this that we'll see an enormous amount of potential coming out from the, the most unexpected places mm-hmm. yeah and I wish that for everybody um, just because I think, you know these are th- this is something that's that's very hard but we'll get through this as well.
1: Mm-hmm. We have to.
0: We have to. Um, so in terms of right. a quote, uh, you know, something that we say in in our part of the world is don't hate anything. You never know what good may come out of it. don't take anything, you never know what good may come It's. It, I translated it, you know, pretty yes. directly in Arabic. So, it makes a lot so more a, sense.
1: Oh, so it's a proverb,
0: one of those It's proverbs. a proverb. It's a, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's something that sits in my, in my head a lot, especially when you go through, we all go through difficult times, we all go through challenges, and I think mm. focusing on, you know, on what you can do, what you, what's in your hands and what's not in your hands, Mm -hmm. when it's not in your hands you can't control it and therefore don't question it accept it deal with it and and try to to find in some as obscure as it may be what good may come out of it
1: Mm. yeah when did you when did you first hear that proverb
0: you when, hear it, when you're, what, yeah, you hear it earliest, when you're very young yeah you hear it when you're very young
1: yeah what's the earliest memory though of you when you first heard it because I'm imagining when when people when we get told proverbs it's a it's a teachable moment isn't it it's always a teachable moment
0: <laughs> it is but this one is so on the tip of everybody's tongue uh okay. that I think it and and we've you know I I guess I've seen a lot and if I wanted to you know, you, you, you lose people in your life, you, you're, you're up against challenges that depending on the, the evolution in your life at what, what stage you're at, uh, from teenager to, you know, to et cetera, going, you know, forward. Mm. Um, you, you deal with things in different ways. I mean, I, i I deal with something today that, hopefully better than i would have dealt with when i was much younger mm-hmm. but i think it's having a positive view not not it's important not to be positive to the point of naive it, it isn't you know looking for you know to stick your head in the sands there are difficult moments there are there are losses that mm-hmm. we have there's something that we say in in islam is you know, you say alhamdulillah all the time, even even when somebody passes, you say it as a, as a matter of, you know, that, that they didn't suffer. Or, you know, that there's always this, this, this idea that mm. things can be worse. Yeah. And so you need to remember the things that you have and how you can't let uh, let things destroy you from yeah. within and from outside.
1: Yeah. How, how could you say it in Arabic? For me. I don't I yeah. know I I I no, no, when, that's people, fine. when people speak different languages I don't want them to feel like a trained monkey. But um, but could you be able to say Not it in Arabic? Just say
0: so that uh la Okay. Okay. So don't hate
1: anything. What's the second part?
0: You never know what
1: good may come out of it. Never know. Okay, amazing, amazing stuff. So, welcome to time to talk. And um, so, you know, you are the co-founder of Vero, and um, anybody who has been listening properly to this podcast, you've heard me scream about this social media platform <laughs> since two thousand and eighteen um so that's why it's such a huge huge pleasure to have you on and um just to kind of talk to you about your thinking around around uh vero and kind of what we can what we can learn from a space like this on the internet and um so i wanted to speak to you initially just kind of why why vero why is it called vero and why did you and why did you and your friends start this um this platform what was the vision
0: so so vero means uh truth i was uh looking for a name and we we actually didn't call it anything (laughs) for a long time because we we didn't want to just name it anything or come up with something silly or funny or clever or you know or anything like that or catchy or, you know, that, that that wasn't the objective, the, the objective always in the things that we do is to try, to try and be as pur- purposeful as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, because we feel like that's a sign of respect to the people that are in front of us. When you watch a movie and you see that there's been thought and care put into, into the scenes, into the cinematography, into the, you know, all of that, it, all of the details, especially, of course, the writing and everything. But mm-hmm. but as far as the smallest details, you feel like, you know, you're doing justice to the people and the time that they're spending looking at the thing that you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Vero means truth. Uh, and our objective from day one, as much as we we kind of clumsily felt, you know, got there, uh, certainly at the beginning, Mm -hmm. uh, was to create a a space online that had the, the possibility of you being yourself. We saw this, we saw this thing in our friends, this behavior uh, in on other social platforms where everybody felt like they needed to amplify certain areas of their lives that were very small in their lives. Otherwise, I mean, they wanted to, um, it was more about showing off or creating some online persona that had nothing to do with reality, we we, we noticed our friends weren't behaving like we knew them. And, um, and we started thinking about it, we started thinking about all the different aspects of what that meant and, and why and what was it about this tool? What was it about this new service, which is relatively new in in you know, the grand scheme of things presented to people. And you saw a very different behavior, and it was almost immediate. Mm-hmm. And so we attributed it to, you know, everybody getting up on stage, like if you had a stage, for everyone. Mm -hmm. How would they react? Would they just be themselves? Probably not. You know, you hear about artists that have to create different personas for themselves even naming them uh, for having to deal with either stage fright or having to be somebody other than they are in their everyday lives. Mm -hmm. And for most people, that's not something that's sustainable. So we wanted to create something that allowed people to be comfortable to be themselves with the people that matter most to them. And for those who wanted to be, to create another persona for themselves and be public, public facing, they could do that. Mm-hmm. But there was, I almost call it like a, like a pressure valve. Hmm where you can be yourself with your friends in a private space just like you can in real life. If I had to be on stage all the time, if I had to be in front of a camera all the time, I'd go mad. You know, most people yeah. most people would.
1: That's a it's a it's a very interesting analogy that you had there because um I remember when there was a point when I back in I wanna say 2016, 17, when I was growing very weary of um, social media itself. I'm getting used to building a profile in a way. Um, I mean, one of my friends who's in a very similar space to me anyway, said to me, Oh, you're not the same as you are online as you are oh. offline. Or I remember I did a podcast, um, a live podcast once and I sent it to some of my friends and they're like, Oh yeah, the same energy you have on stage is not the same energy you have on in the group, in our group chat, or in a conversation in person, or whatever. So then I started to really think about it. I was just like, "Am I, am I splitting my personality hmm. um, in so many different ways for so many different people? Like, where does the authenticity come from? Um, am I being authentic? What does that look like?" And then you have this kind of crisis of uh, this crisis of identity, I guess. This crisis of presentation sure you know yeah what did you do when you when you challenged did you challenge any of your friends sorry about that just if you did
0: not really i i i i didn't want it to, uh i mean i think it would have come off come off from me as maybe insulting or something i, did, I didn't mm. want to go there i i actually to a certain <laughs> well, my extent my friends I, came there my friends came and told me <laughs> <laughs> uh I wanted to, I I almost wanted to see what would happen. It was almost, you know, I didn't create those platforms. I didn't ask them to be on them. I wasn't sort of directing all of this. I I just wanted to to see where this would go, because I feel, I also feel like I have this theory that uh, people, society, as much as sometimes we'll accept something if it doesn't work out if it's not sustainable we reject it like a, like you know if if a you know if a, if, if a bad um, you know when when people have um, like a, if they need to like change an organ for example or implant something mm-hmm. and it doesn't go well the body rejects it and I I think of things in society and human beings as going through that all the time, the things are thrown our way, whether it's food, uh, entertainment, technology, mm-hmm. uh, new habits, if, if it starts to impede on something else that we care about more, mm-hmm. we may let it go for a while. But then after a certain point, we reject it. Yeah. And the rejection, usually, if it takes long, it's a rejection that's quite violent, you know, yeah. at some point. And so um the way i i i look at it what i wanted to do though but what we we set out to do was create an alternative like we felt something was wrong and i think you know even today it doesn't matter what your feelings are or the the depth of your feelings and thoughts towards social media you Mm -hmm. know something's off yeah but we've taken it upon ourselves to to actually create the alternative and and hopefully yeah. you know come up try to come up with a solution mm,
1: yeah so you've got this you've got this you've now got this really um this kind of burgeoning social media platform which has you know i don't know how many downloads does it have so far on the app store and um
0: yeah,
1: over, and, over and, 5 million now.
0: Over 5 million.
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's ad-free, right about. And, um, you know, you can go on there. You can share things. Can you just talk about some of the things that you can kind of, that you can share? In particular, people that listen to this podcast know that I talk a lot about the book side of things and yeah. sharing the book recommendations. But what else do? You, what else can you share on there?
0: We wanted, to, we wanted to encompass the things that people enjoy talking about uh, in the real world. I mean, we're always looking at the real world as, as our guide for how people like to socialize and what a social network really looks like. Right? You know, we always say the greatest social network is the one that exists in the real world. This whole hijacking of the term uh on the online side i i still have you know I, I don't agree that these are social networks because because there's an agenda there's another another force that's sitting in between you and your interactions with others mm-hmm. so so we are yes you said we're we're ad free and more importantly we're data mining free uh, in that we are not collecting data, behavioral data on our users that allow us to um, better target them or target them in any way, for that matter.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, which is, which and- is what we see in, in, in shows like, when, for, in the social experiment, kind of how, like on Netflix, just kind of how that kind of pans out
0: yeah, you mean social dilemma? Yeah, sorry. Um, social, dilemma, social dilemma. Sorry. Yeah, the, the, maybe uh, maybe another one should be made for the social experiment as well. <laughs> yeah. We <shall> see. <laughs> no, but yeah, exactly. That's 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 what's going on there. Um, we're we're looking to be we're looking to design something that's that's more built from intuition, from empathy, uh, from a, a design goal of more you being satisfied with the with the app, the feeling around the app, the service, and then how useful it is in your life. And so Mm -hmm. coming to the kinds of things that we let people share, we, we, of course, let people share photos and videos. Um, Mm -hmm. That's, I think, a must on the social network, I don't think. I've seen other apps come and go in terms of just recommendation engines and yeah. and they're fine but but people also want to express themselves they may see something um and those moments in life they want to share and and that's fine and you want to encourage that but we wanted to go further than that because just allowing to share photos and video makes it more about you than it. And, and and that actually, what we found and studies have been done is that that actually affects your, your mental health negatively, and it creates a kind of sadness. Mm. And I think what it is mostly is around this idea of you, again, having to create a feeling or an energy about your life that you want people to have. And the more it contrasts with your actual life, the more you feel bad about what you have, as opposed to the other way around. Mm -hmm. So allowing you to then share, like you said, a book that you may have read or want to read, recommend or don't um, a song, a TV show, a movie, uh, a restaurant. and, and something that you may have come across online that, that you'd like to share with others mm. makes it less about you and more about sharing. And so more about sharing and less about showing off. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I guess that was kind of, that's kind of the deciphering and the distinguishing uh, model with regards to other platforms, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's these features exist in other places. I think the, the thing that we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to simplify the experience down to for everybody to feel that it's an an accessible tool for them to to use with their friends and and the people that that are in their lives. Uh, And not just have a ton of features for the sake of features, mm-hmm. but rather mm-hmm. yeah. encourage a behavior that encourages them to share. Gives them that feeling that with a couple of taps, they they can share that awesome song that just came on the radio, or that that song that they, that just came up in a playlist while they were in the gym, and it gave them that extra yeah. boost. And they exactly. really want to share that with everybody and make everybody feel what what it is that they're feeling. Mm-hmm.
1: You know it was so funny. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were just basically like, "I'm tired of Instagram." they they're the app that could, the, I've never seen a social media platform that wants to do everything. You can TikTok, you can um, what did they say? You can shop on there. You can do all these different things. Sometimes just have one thing for one thing, um, and it's kind of interesting that you say that. You know, it's like don't try to do everything. Just try and be really good at doing. A few things, like, and then kind of get that right, and I Absolutely. suppose that builds trust. But
0: and, and it's interesting. That's also another thing we we kind of we kind of shy away from is the features. It's not a feature yeah. war yeah. that we're trying to do, and that's what you see. Like Instagram sees that, uh, Sna- you know, Snapchat was doing well, and so they went mm-hmm. and they did stories, and now TikTok yeah. is doing well, and so let's add those features, and they have nothing to do with socializing. No. They are, um, they're things that require people to generate content and and push that no. into the world. So our center, our center of gravity that we're always uh, respectful of, mm-hmm. is people's inherent want to socialize, and that's our, that's the center of our universe. We've seen other apps that build around. A feature, um, a trick, something. Um, or I've seen other apps that want to be, or wanted to be rather, the the Instagram of music and the Instagram of books and the Instagram of movies, and, 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 and. Mm-hmm. And so there, your the, center of gravity starts to shift from being what people want to, that people want to share. The things that they experience in their lives to you know we want we want this app to just be known for this one thing which is fine mm. and and it can work but that was never our focus our focus was was people yeah. and their interactions between each other
1: yeah what do you say to kind of like the cynics and and, and the bad practice there's always going to be some person who's going to be like I hate this or I don't like this or there's always going to be somebody who's not going to necessarily be on the, on the bandwagon. What do you, what do you say to, to that?
0: I, I mean, that's absolutely their right. And the world is made up of people with different tastes and, you know, I we cannot go into this expecting that everybody's going to like what it is that we're doing. Mm-hmm. If that's our goal, we should have stopped a long time ago. Yeah, um, and we. Sh- I think when you're creating something, you have to. I mean, this is easy to say because when you're when you make something, you put something of yourself in it, right? But you have mm-hmm. to remain objective in the sense of what is it that you're trying to achieve. I can't. You cannot get everybody to agree on one thing. Like, that's just not a a possibility. And so I don't, I try not to focus on that I try, I I try, uh, as much as possible, we all do as a team that if we see a negative review, or or somebody saying something like that, uh, we try to see if there's something to be learned from it. Uh, Maybe there, you know, maybe there's a lesson there, maybe there's something that we need to be mindful of. Uh, But we also uh, and what we don't do on the other side is say to ourselves oh you know who cares what this person thinks we've got so many people who are telling us that they love us yeah i think that that's also not the way to go you need to be somewhere in the middle for yourself for your own for you for the your own um sanity to a certain extent Mm -hmm. like i said when you're making something you're putting something of yourself and so you have to be able to to handle the criticism. But you also have to be, um, I think, look at look at it from a a standpoint of a responsibility. If you if you are a responsible person, if you're responsibly putting something out into the world, uh, as my dad used to say, you need to have God gave you two ears and one mouth, (laughs) listen more than you speak. Yeah
1: sure you know i think um a few issues with regards to social media i think a lot of people have uh, is to do with safety privacy and i think under safety will come the trolling and those kind of things i don't know if how do you kind of how, how are you kind of like encountering all of those things um i know you said the data mining is kind of like you're not mining people for data to kind of use it against them um, at some point, which is kind of like which is the privacy stuff, but what security and um, and other aspects of privacy that people can expect when they join?
0: Yeah, this is a really interesting sort of general subject. I think for the whole industry, uh, yeah. I look at. I think there are certain things that we've taken for we we've just sort of grandfathered and taken for granted that are normal on the internet. And so not enough has really been done to create a a rule set that prevents that from happening rather than a -a whack-a-mole effort. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan, for example, of anonymous networks, like I never, I, I so many times, anonymous social networks came across my desk as an investment or as a something and okay. i utterly rejected them because it didn't matter how well they were doing at the time at the time yeah, yeah. but it, it made no sense to me i saw certain networks that um, you could go on and you could say whatever about somebody and and it was like a feedback box for for you you know yeah. somebody in your life and you wouldn't know who it was you know that kind of stuff and that kind of controversy that kind of like i just i like i wonder how is it that nobody's saying well this doesn't exist in the real world like why would that be okay online mm. You know, I can't go to the, like, everybody knows who I am. And if they don't, I have my ID on me. And if I don't, they can (laughs) put me up, you know, I can't go into the street. Exactly. You can't go into the street and do whatever you want, you know? So what is it about online that makes that okay? Mm -hmm. And what's the expectation? And, And then, and, and it goes into all the things that then lead to the ability and this thing called trolling and we as a network, we don't accept it. We have people that are uh, a a dedicated team that are there for our users that people can report um, behavior or posts or content, whatever um, interactions to them, and they'll, um, they'll take action on it. We as a, as a subscription service, yes, giving it away for free at the moment. Um, but we plan on turning that on we believe that that will be one of the deterrents of you know people wanting to join a network just to be um, negative or a negative force Mm -hmm. so our approach and what we're always thinking about is not how do we design ourselves into a For want of a better expression a a whack-a-mole a a situation where we need to we're dealing with things in a -a whack-a-mole way but rather how do we design something better that self-manages and self-heals as society does you don't have any real world trolls in your life do you for example no i mean this is the thing it's like you know we don't we don't ask ourselves that question and then demand. That this thing that we've been able to rely on for hundreds of years—that mm. we don't demand that we have the same thing online—because yeah. of other subjects that confuse the conversation mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just distract, distract the train of thought and the line of thinking. And um, it's the for me, I just feel like it's this kind of this ability or this desire to want to be heard. And I think that's just something that's kind of like flipped on its head when we start seeing people just kind of attacking people for no reason. And, um, I, you know, the lack of critical thinking and stuff. And some people just don't want to have to do that. (laughs) they're just like, you know what, let me just kind of, um, go full steam ahead on this person and, do that and just kind of and that's their identity online um yeah
0: there's a, a lack different... of uh, there's a lack of consequence yeah that's that's the thing it's like I, do, I don't believe in a world without consequence
1: yeah yeah for sure and you said that you're going to go on to subscription a subscription model because it was interesting in the social dilemma um somebody said that you know that the, the when you don't pay for the product you are the product and I yes. found that super interesting. And I was, and I was, and I think, I think that was the scariest part for me. I was like, oh my God, I don't have to be, I don't have to be thought of as a product in that sense. But, um, so, and then to, and that factored into your decision to kind of make it, I don't know when this will happen, but to make it a subscription based.
0: Oh, yeah. So here's the thing we announced subscription. <laughs> so I, I've had a quite, I've had quite a few. Um, Eamon are you crazy <laughs> reactions from day one yeah, yeah. of this when I uh, you know whether whether when I left my family business and started this and, and at the time there was nothing you know there wasn't like a prototype that I could show my yeah. family or something it was just you know some design boards up on the wall but um, the the first thing I, the you know, f- first interview I, I gave, I said, this is a subscription service, we are going to charge people. Um, and I, I really did. The reason why I, I, I said that, then and believed that then was I didn't want to be the guy that says, like everybody else, when asked, what's the business model, we'll figure that out later. I just I, I couldn't, with Thank a straight know. face, say that. <laughs> Yeah. I couldn't live with myself. Like yeah. I don't know how many times bars of soap I would add. to <laughs> like yeah. uh, wash my mouth out. <laughs> Could yeah. you know? Couldn't look anybody in the eye after that one. You wanted to so, be 100 percent clear from the from the beginning. Absolutely. I I always feel like that was that's like the major gotcha. Come on, mm. you're gonna you're gonna do ads. That's it. You know. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't. But what wasn't factoring in wasn't like oh, and we don't want to data mine and. Blah blah blah, because ads at the time were were sophisticated online. We're talking about 10 years ago. You know, when I'm not saying we started ten years ago, but ads ten years ago weren't as sophisticated as they are now, right? And the ad technology and the, the supercomputing that sits behind <laughs> computing power that sits behind, you know, everything to serve you an ad yeah. is what uh, isn't wasn't as sophisticated as it is as it is today, but still then it felt like it felt like an intrusion some sort Mm of felt like, on the one hand, saying a business model is we'll figure it out later. And then on the other hand, it's like all the things that we would have to do on the ad side, that didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. um, Didn't make sense. And and I remember, I remember having like later on hearing the story of WhatsApp, um, where they had three rules, no ads, no games, no gimmicks. Those were, he had it on a post-it note in his office, on his desk, like forever. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that model and I said, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and these guys, they've, they know what they're doing, um, more than anybody else on the internet. Um, and they were going to, they were going to charge a subscription mm-hmm. after a first year of use, but then they got bought out and mm-hmm. it, that never happened. And so, um, so we we have been behaving from day one that we are a subscription service, and that we are giving it giving our subscription away for free to the people who are joining us today for life. So it's free for life for anybody who joins us, mm-hmm. not as a gimmick as well because we hate gimmicks, yeah. but rather as a thank you for having for giving us your time for giving us your trust uh, for giving us any kind of feedback helping us build this thing can't build it without our users our initial users are the most important in the lifetime you know we plan on being here for a while Mm -hmm. and so i'd like to think that if we reach a hundred million users we can go back and still look back to the five million that, that started it all for us yeah And that we can thank them then. And it'll mean even more than us thanking them today. And so we do believe in that business model because it's one that's simple. You give us X, you know, whatever we're we we still haven't announced it, what we'd Mm -hmm. be charging a year or a month. And um, and for that, you gain access to the service. It's as simple as that. That's the relationship. There's nothing else going on.
1: Yeah, and what more could you ask for from a platform? To be honest, yeah. um, so is there is there enough compassion online? Do you think? Do you think there's a? Do you think people are compassionate when it comes to um, socials and just being denizens of the internet and just kind of People who dwell in the ones and zeros.
0: Well, you know, it's it's that's uh, an awesome question, and a very interesting one. I've I have seen. Uh, I would say first, just generally in the world, what needs to happen less, I think, is people judging each other. I think that's the first step. I think there's a I th- you need to you need to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's judging. Um and try to understand why is that a, a reaction? What is what is triggering that? And a lot of times I I think to the fact that maybe there's something lacking in their lives, something they're not happy with in their own lives. And, and that's usually the reason why, you know, when we've learned more about bullying, for example, but that's where it comes from, right? When you have somebody who, who is a bully, that they're probably going through something in their own lives, there's, there's something at home, there's, they're being bullied at home, and they're taking it out on on people at school or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we for those who have a tendency to judge others to ask themselves why and to deal with that rather than put other people through any kind of negative negative experience and there there is a lack of i would say empathy for others and what they go through and and the nuances of their lives rather than being quick to want to judge, even when the mistake is made, whatever it is that that happens. Uh, whatever is the, are the circumstances. I mean, because what happens with this world or with this wheel that I saw started turning, I've seen it calm down a little bit, which is great, but this sort of online attacks that you see on somebody, when when something when they make a mistake when they say something is that we forget that making mistakes is all is what humans are about and it isn't about the mistakes that they make because even god didn't doesn't expect us to be flawless Mm. but it's what we do how we learn from our mistakes and how we create as I was saying earlier on, that infinite potential of learning and building and, and rising up and, and becoming better versions of ourselves, rather than attempting to live a perfect life. Because a perfect life is, if it, if it really is one without mistakes, is one without any trial without any error without any risk taking without any, any attempt to go mm-hmm. outside of your comfort zone, and attempt to do anything. You know, the another expression I learned when I was a kid, if you don't want to make mistakes, in in in, you can't you can't work, you can't do business, you can't work and mm-hmm. not make mistakes, better to just stay in your bed, yep. even stay under your bed you know, like, be as sheltered and away from the world as possible. And I think what when I see what's going on online, when I see all of this, the, the activity that I see is that there is this uh, jumping to wanting to say that somebody else is wrong, to show how great they are, just to show how flawless they are. And, and that kind of, you know, I've, I've heard it called virtue signaling yep. is very, very, um, I think that's, that's not good for society, I think, as a whole, I think, yeah, yeah th- there does need to be more compassion. But it, compassion to me is, it's sort of, the other things are the prerequisites. stop judging, um, be more empathetic. And compassion comes as a result of that. Because you realize your own flaws and you are therefore open uh, to you know you you enter with humility into any kind of relationship or interaction or action or things that you want to do, even if you're trying to change the world enter it with humility, don't enter it. Like you hear, you watch the earlier uh, interviews with Elon Musk. Um, yeah. And he'll he he says, the fact th- this company should not exist, when he talks <laughs> about Tesla, yeah. the fact that we are here is already an impossibility, Like we've gone beyond impossible, this should not exist. Yeah. And so I I attribute a lot of his his success in that company because I think he entered it with that humility, not saying, I'm the best, I can do this, but rather, this is a very difficult thing. I'm going to have to work really hard to make this even possibly succeed. Uh, So... Have
1: you kind of... Have you been attacked online
0: in any way before oh, in lots of ways <laughs> not in any way <laughs> in lots of ways <laughs> i i i obviously didn't enter i, I don't think anybody should enter uh, you know something that that attacks the status quo mm. or questions uh, we didn't even attack it we just questioned it yeah. and but you don't you don't do that without having some expectation of let's say ruffling a few feathers yeah so yes i have and that was uh, and when it happens it's it, it's not an easy thing to to swallow but and to deal with but i've had to build a, a resilience to it because i'm not here to i'm not here for you know any kind of like popularity contest um if i wanted a quiet life you don't start a social network and go up against, you know, the the, the largest forces on this planet. You kind of, um, you know, you, you and and certainly if you wanted to make money and if you wanted to 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 do things that that had a a better financial return, you there's a there are lots of ways to do that than yeah. this. But but we can't. But we're too we believe too much in what it is that we're doing. yeah. And it's turned from wanting to build a better product to us truly feeling like we're building a life raft for um, for society in the sense of having Mm -hmm. something that we believe is better in better not in the sense of better best and greater or anything like that. But um, made for better reasons i guess yeah
1: what was um what was growing up like for you
0: what was what sorry
1: what was growing up like for you because i imagine well for me in particular growing up um as a very empathetic child and kind of being in situations where empathy was devoid doesn't mean it doesn't doesn't mean there was no empathy in my household, but just kind of experiencing the world as it was presented to me. Um what was growing up like for you? And kind of like where did you learn to be this kind of empathetic and compassionate character? You grew up in business, you grew up in all of these different kind of elements, and then you've come to Vero and you're just like, all right, so this is my thing and this is kind of how we're going to do it but what were the lessons that you learned
0: along the yeah, way Yeah so to, I, I wouldn't say I grew up in business I grew up okay. in a, a loving household so my you know my parents were you know very caring and 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 attentive to you know myself, my siblings, and created a family environment. And we were living, we grew up in, in Saudi Arabia. And so, you know, at the time, there weren't, you know, there there was barely, you know, there was maybe like two or three places you would go out to a restaurant or something, you know, it wasn't <laughs> like, so mostly it was, it was family, it was it was being at home with family and, and having family lunches and dinners and and um and having friends over once a week, you know, on the weekend mm-hmm. when you weren't studying and doing your homework or yeah. studying for exams or, or things like that. And and you, you know, you, you pick up a few things from your, from that kind of an environment. I, I'm, I'm sure that I, you know, would have, I would have reacted to things in a certain way when I was younger, that I learned to react differently from seeing how my parents did things or how the people around me did things my older older siblings did. And, and and obviously the people around me who, who cared about me and, and taught me things. Um, but the lesson that I learned from observing, I'd say that what I learned the most or what i saw the most as an observation was how people uh, felt about my father and and you 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 try to make sense of things some people try to make sense of things and some people just sort of take it for granted or or just explain things away with one sentence or whatever but i wanted to learn i wanted to mm-hmm. break it down <laughs> yeah how did this happen how exactly what here is going on you know and to have an entire like just millions of people think of him in the way that they 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 do uh, even today i mean he didn't employ millions of people he wasn't like in charge of you know putting food on their table in that direct sense so it, it had more to do. I, you know, I realized with the way he treated people and he treated people in a way that wasn't what maybe they expected, because he was fortunate to be successful in, in, in his work, I think because of where he came from, and he came from very simple beginnings, and mm. never forgot that and was never, you get people who become successful, and they want to distance themselves as much as possible from their origins. And he wasn't that way. He was more about understanding uh, the difficulty that people can have in their lives and helping as many people as he could. Mm -hmm. And that built a persona, a, um, a reputation that became self sustaining. And, um, and so I, I remember, I remember having this overwhelming feeling a few years before he died that I was Mm. utterly running out of time. And that there was that there was no way that my plan of observation was going to net what I wanted, that no matter how much time I'd have with him, it wouldn't be enough. And so I needed to, I needed to take action, I needed to do something. So I remember writing a letter at 2am, and sliding it under his door and telling him, you know, like something utterly unexpected you are not going to be with us one day, and I would not have learned enough from you. Unless you decide to teach me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and his reaction he gave, <laughs> he gave me was an incredible one. The thing, the first things out of his mouth, <laughs> when I saw him after that later that morning, or early afternoon, I can't, I can't remember where, well, I said, did you get a chance to read the letter? And he said, yes. And he said, uh, and was, Okay, so, you know, what do you think? <laughs> you know what? First things out of his mouth were, you know, I am, I do make mistakes, I am human, and I do make mistakes. And I just looked at him and I said, there you go. That's exactly what I'm talking about right there. Mm. You know, the first thing that comes to your mind to let me know is that you make mistakes. I know you make mistakes. The the thing isn't that it isn't about your mistakes or lack of mistakes. It's how you deal with your mistakes, how you make the person in front of you understand. If you have wronged them, that you Mm. understand that wrong and you learn and build from it and that's what I want to learn. So yeah. so growing up I had this incredible person in my life and the this incredible person in a lot of people's lives he was my dad. This person that I could just, you know, I used to uh playing even though I was married, I'd sit on his lap and give him yeah. a hug, you know, and go, yeah. I'm still your kid, you know, just remember that. And uh <laughs> And, you know, I got to, I got to learn from him. I got to learn from my mother who was extremely caring about a lot of people and open foundations for people. And, you know, just, there's a a big part of my father's life. And the, that compassionate hand out into the, into the world, you know, was a lot of it came from her. And so I had this, I had these two people in my life that I learned a lot of this from. And, um, you know, I, I try as much as possible in my daily when I'm faced with something, (laughs) no matter how trivial Mm -hmm. or, or, or daily it it may be to try and always, you know, make people understand that I am listening, that I'm here and I'll try to, I'll try to do the right thing, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there may be a mistake there may be it may be the wrong way it's certainly you know none of us are 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 without flaws but we try to do the best every day and, and i think as a team that is starting to there's a culture that's being built in our in in vero and the, the things that i'm doing yeah. to push that idea through
1: we are but a sum of the memories and the stories that we carry are we not and um, yeah thank you for sharing that but and um, there's one thing I did want to ask you though as well and I'm very curious about this figurine so guys I'm <laughs> if you're listening um, Eamon has these <laughs> these DC figurines behind him and um, I know nothing about <laughs> comic books but they but I know Batman and I know Superman <laughs> and I know that they are DC um who is your favorite who do you for who do you prefer batman or superman
0: yeah it's that's a really good yeah <laughs> uh i i okay so yes there is there are d c uh statues behind me yeah. if i if i just move the camera a little bit you'll see some more and, and there are Marvel okay okay so I am not, I am not a DC or Marvel guy, but I definitely lean DC. Okay, okay. I'll I'll admit that. Um, having had to think about it in the last few years, uh, <laughs> but but generally I just saw myself as, you know, somebody who loves comic books, um, yeah. or comic characters, uh, these these comic book characters. Um, funny enough. I've always associated myself I've always I've always associated myself or thought of and and enjoyed Batman as okay. a superhero <laughs> somebody who is human because he's human and he decides to do to push himself to do more and do good for the world mm-hmm. and uh, and just my general love for comic book uh, heroes is this idea that they they have these superpowers, these abilities, and they choose to do good with them. Like they could do anything, you know. They could like own the place, basically, and they choose to help others. They choose to put themselves in harm's way or to to be selfless with their with. Um, the, the powers that they, they, they come across or are born with, or whatever it is in the story. Um, the, the, the thing is, though, for the longest time, I, I, I started collecting comic books, early comic books, the, the original comic books. And I set out to buy, because I wanted a piece of history. These things have like these very important cultural uh significance and i i felt hey, you know i'd love to i'd love to be able to have like a piece of history so could i Mm -hmm. you know maybe go out there and try to find like you know one one of each or you know just something from their origin that because you know from from every kind of perspective like these things these stories have survived and as much as they've evolved they've survived those initial story lines, right, and and I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to own, you know, a little piece of that, and and start collecting. But I never owned a single Superman book. Okay, and Superman was my, you know, one of my favorites. You know, growing up as a kid. Mm. And the reason for that is that I kept saying, he, "He's like my dad," yeah. and I'm not worthy of it, you know. So, Batman, as much as is a, you know, one of my favorite characters, Superman is that aspirational. Like, how do you how do you get to there? That how do you aspire to be that good? And I never figured out why I had, ne- I had never figured out for the longest time why I had that that feeling. And I'll I'll just I'll move the camera over a little <laughs> bit. And that picture, um, there's a one when, when my father passed away, and I'm I came back to Riyadh for the funeral and and for for everything here. I I went to, back to my Childhood home, and stayed in my room, and there was a painting on the this this painting sitting above my wall you know, on my wall above my bed mm-hmm. of basically him as Superman. Wow! So it's and, a caricature, like a picture, a ca- of right? Exactly, and yeah. there were lots of these. There were there were lots of these. Um, that there was this uh, this artist uh, who, who passed away, God rest his soul, drew these, and this one in particular is him as Super Hariri uh, flying over Beirut, carrying in his arms schools and universities and 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 hospitals. And um, I mean, obviously, I mean it can't be more obvious than that that association yeah. that I had that I had forgotten utterly forgotten. And after he passed away, that's when I bought um, what I have now in, in my my collection of Superman books. Yeah. So yeah. I I do love uh, you know I I love something about each and every one of these uh, these characters. The, those two are the the ones that stick the most. I, you know, yeah. on my wallpaper, on my on my phone is Batman my computer is Batman I mean I can't help yeah. myself
1: <laughs> you know it's, it's how we when we identify inside like, in, inside you know because I think I was reading somewhere and it just said the, like you know when you when you connect to a character you kind of you you meet so many different characters along the way with regards to you know whether it be in comic books or in books or in film that you meet so many characters along the way it's like you've met so many people that you connect with and um it's a place that you don't feel so alone you know because at least you can look at something and think wow that is that is that's the connection i have that's the connection i'm making and uh yeah that association is important
0: yeah I think so I think it's I think it's awesome to find you know things along the way that that inspire you that make you think that challenge you uh, you know and these characters certainly have a lot a lot to give and a lot of stories that can be made around them
1: absolutely well I really enjoyed this conversation I feel like I was very much a mentee just listening to the the wise (laughs) uh, to the wise man
0: (laughs) Um,
1: that's very nice of you to say I appreciate that um yeah thank you for for joining me on the show and I usually say where can people find you but go to Vero and you'll find him there (laughs) because what's the like you know what's the alternative really
0: um yeah just under Ayman I mean uh A-Y-M-A-N Yep, on i uh, on I'll, Vero. I'll throw that
1: I'll throw that into the into the show notes and um, yeah
0: I think we no can. and thanks for the conversation I really enjoyed it as well I mean it's it's always nice to come across somebody who isn't just consuming the world but rather thinking through it and I'm um, trying to I'm trying to make sense of it all and trying to see the patterns and the way people do things but you're looking for the pattern that is the the repeatable pattern that that creates positivity in this world yeah. and i appreciate that a lot so Thank um, you. thanks for having me on the show